You are listening to the Restored Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by one of our very own. For more information, you can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash IamRestore or online at IamRestore.org. Um, we're going to go to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 to 17. I really like 2 Timothy. I, lo- I love all of the letters to, to, that Paul wrote um, and how he encourages his people. And I pray that we are all encouraged today. Amen. So 2 Timothy 3, 14 to 17 says, But as for you, continue in, in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, that's the Old Testament, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the men of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. All right. So we've all heard the saying that you are what you eat, right? You are what you eat. We hear it from nutrition experts when we go for a consult. They ask you a menu of what you eat and you start with, well, I have a large coffee with extra cream mixed with sugar with a donut. <laughs> it sprinkles in it, right? <laughs> we hear it from people that are fit. So annoying. You know, they're fit, they're in the gym 24-7, they don't eat any, I mean, all they eat is grass. <laughs> so we hear it from them, we ask them, oh, how you get so fit? Well, you are what you eat. And you're just like, whatever. Right? And we hear it from commercials, all of these um, Jenny Greggs or uh, Weight Watchers. We hear it from all of those commercials. You are what you eat. And it's true. Right now, food is energy. We get our energy from food. When our bodies need energy, we eat food. Um, when we are hungry, we have two options to choose from. What do we choose to eat? We either choose junk food or we choose healthy food. Right? When we're hungry, both of these will give you energy right at the moment but only one of these will give you the right kind of energy healthy food can help you get all the essential nutrients that you need and will limit your risk for a number of health conditions such as diabetes high cholesterol heart problems and a whole bunch of other stuff and we all know this we we all you know we've learned all of this um, in our lives and what are the benefits of junk food? Can anybody tell me? That's it. It has absolutely no benefit at all. At the moment, 
Um, it gives you that temporary energy that you need, right? It gives you instant satisfaction. It can ease your hunger, right? But later on on the day, what, what, what happens? You start feeling sluggish. You ask yourself, why am I tired? Then especially for us women, why am I so swollen, right? From all the sodium that junk food has, right? You start getting cranky, you have no idea why, and then you crave more junk food. It's funny how that works, right? So you'll want to eat more because it's addicting. So junk food has the opposite effect of healthy food. It causes your cholesterol to rise, your sugar spikes, your blood sugar, it gives you diabetes, and it causes heart problems. Our bodies need nutritious food for us to live healthy and long lives. In the same manner, our souls need healthy spiritual nutrition that can only come from the Word of God. For the past two Sundays, we have been talking about who we are. That is the series that is going on right now. So Deacon George um, spoke about how we are the church. Uh, my husband, Jamar, spoke about how we are love, right? And today we are going to dive into scripture. We're going to talk about how we are scripture readers. We read our Bibles, right? Just like our bodies depend on healthy foods to function appropriately, our souls depend on this book, amen, to be spiritually healthy and strong. Just like we cannot go a day without eating food, I mean, we can't even go a morning without eating food. You start getting cranky and lashing out at the driver next to you because he's trying to cut you off and you want to cut off their heads, right? Because you haven't had your coffee, and you haven't had your donut. Same way we shouldn't go a day without reading the word of God. Not one day without reading the word of God. But just like there is junk food that malnourishes our bodies, there is also toxic spiritual food that malnourishes our souls. So we'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, but first I want to stress the importance of reading the Bible, why we read it, what is it going to do to my life, why do I have this book, what does it mean, what do, what do we do with it, right? So I'm going to be using a lot of scripture, like I said before, and I really hope that you write these down, so that you memorize them, and that you can go back at home, and you, you go back and you study it. Don't let me tell you what the Word of God says. You can read it for yourself. Amen? So we go back to 2 Timothy 3. In verse 14, Paul is urging Timothy to continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, which is the only way to salvation through faith in Jesus. Right? He goes on to say that all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for, uh, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Right? So why do we read the Bible? Because it is God-breathed. It is the word of God to us. The Bible is inspired, the inspired word of God. God spoke to the hearts of various writers, 
and the faith, they faithfully wrote down his words. Why is it important that we read and study scripture daily? Because it is the words of our creator to us. He made us. And we tr if we trusted in Jesus Christ, we belong to him. We belong to God. And he wants to communicate with us. Um, God wants to speak to us daily, and he does this through his holy word. Now, when we start dating our, our, our um, significant other, our spouses, what do we do? What, how, how do we get to know them? And, and you guys can talk to me. You, can guys, you guys can talk back to me, too, like Jamar does. You know? So what do we do when you guys start dating? What happens? You talk. Yes. And you're so, <laughs> you're so smitten by them, right? Oh, I really like that guy. I think I want to talk to him. Oh, I hope he calls me. I can't wait. Come on, 4 o'clock. I need to get out of here. I want to go talk to my, my sweetie, right? We talk a lot. We talk all day long through text. And then we can't wait to get out of work so we can call them on the phone and talk some more, even though you talk to them all day long, right? We want them to get to know us, so we talk some more. We ask them questions. We answer their questions. And we want to know everything about them, right? We want to know what they like. We want to know what they dislike. We want to know what makes them happy. And we want to know what ticks them off, so we make sure not to do that, right? We want to know everything. And we often say that communication is key in a relationship, right? What happens to a relationship that has no communication? It breaks apart. It dies. The Lord wants to have a relationship with you and me. He wants us to know him. He wants us to know his likes. He wants us to know his dislikes, his character, what pleases him. He wants us to know his love for us on a deep level. He wants us to know his promises so that we can hang on to them when times are rough. He wants us to know his plan of salvation for us. Can we ask ourselves, do we know God's plan of salvation for us. He also wants us to know his hatred for sin. And hatred is such a strong word. He wants us to know what angers him. We never want to think of God as an angry God. We always want to just look for the good things of God. But the Bible says that he is consuming fire. Mm. That's scary. How can a loving God also be consuming fire? He wants us to know that he is a holy God, a righteous and a just God. And the way that he communicates all of this to us is through his word. We won't ever get to know our creator, our savior, our redeemer, our way maker, Miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are, right? 
We sing these songs and we proclaim, God, you're the God of miracle. You're a miracle worker. You're a way maker. You keep all your promises. But do we even know what those promises are? Do we know the promises of God? Deacon mentioned a verse in the Bible how Jesus says, in this world you will have tribulations. That's a promise. You will have tribulations. And he comforts us by saying, take heart. I've already overcome the world. But it is to be expected for us to go through tough times. Right? So how can we claim to love God if we don't even know him? How can we claim to know him if we don't have a relationship with him? How can we claim to have a relationship with him if we don't even read his word? And I, it, you can hear me saying we. I'm including myself in this because I have fallen many times. I've gone days without hearing from my father. So this isn't from me to you. This is from God to us. Do we know the things that the Lord dislikes? Do we know what he hates? Do we know what he abhors? Do we know what he detests? Do you know that the Bible uses these words? to describe the things that he hates? Many things, there are many things that God hates, but we are unaware of them because we are not reading our Bibles. And he uses pretty strong language when it comes to the things he hates. So I want us to go to Amos 5, verses 21 to 23. Amos 5, 21, 23, it says, I hate I despise your feasts, and I take no delight in your solemn assemblies. Even though you offer me your burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. And the peace offerings of your fattened animals, I will not look upon them. Take away from me the noise of your songs to the melody of your harps. I will not listen. Ouch. Now, this wasn't written to us. <clears throat> this was written to the Israelites. Okay? And the reason why is because they were not sincere in their worship to God. They were worshiping false idols. And so God sent Amos to pronounce judgment on them. So this was not said to us directly. It was said to Israel, but we can apply these principles to our lives today. How? Do we check our heart regularly? Does God love our worship? Does he delight in the songs of your praise? Is your worship to him sincere? Amen? He doesn't just tell you all the pretty things that you want to hear. He tells you hard things. And most of us are parents here, right? And when we are correcting our children, it hurts us to correct them because we're being stern and we want to be all lovey-dovey with them. 
and only tell them, good job, you're doing amazing, you're an awesome son or daughter. But when they misbehave or are disobedient, we have to correct them. Same way with us. Just because we're adults doesn't mean we're going to get away from correction. Amen? So we're going to move on. And again, why do we read our Bible? It is God's word to us. It is God-breathed. Okay? He wants to have a relationship with us. And this is the way he communicates with us. But also, the word of God is what? What did we read in 2 Timothy 3, 16? It's profitable. The NIV uses useful. Useful for what? For teaching. For reproof. Another word is rebuking. Nobody likes to be rebuked. Peter got rebuked by Jesus a few times. And we're like, oof, Peter. Ugh, why would you say that? Right? It's useful for correcting. Some of us don't like to be corrected. It's useful for training and for equipping for every good work. Right? Why do we read the Bible? Because it teaches us, it corrects us, it rebukes us. Right? Now, I'm going to allow the scripture to speak for itself. And this is where, where we're going to dive into a few Bible verses. Let's go to Matthew 4.4. 4. But he answered, this is Jesus, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. This is when, when Jesus was in the desert and he was being tempted by Satan. And Satan said, turn these stones into bread and I will give you the kingdoms. Right away, Jesus said to him, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. We cannot survive on food alone. We need the word of God to survive. It is our sustenance. Amen? We move on to Ephesians 6.17. It says, And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Why do we read the word of God? Because it is the sword against the enemy. Without it, we are powerless. Without it, we're defeated. Can you imagine going into war without a weapon? What do you do? You die right away. And trust me, the enemy is all around us trying to make us fall. And if, you, if we don't have the word of God in us, we are going to fall. The word of God helps us see sin in our lives and gives us a way out. Now, we're very quick to see the sin in other people's lives, but it's really hard for us to know the sin that is in our lives, right? Psalm 119, 9 to 11, and verse 105 says, How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart 
that I might not sin against you. And verse 105 says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. It gives us a way out. We will be tempted. We will be this close to falling into temptation and to sinning. But if you have the word of God in your heart, the psalmist says, I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Guess what's going to happen if you have it in your heart? You're going to be wise enough to run away from that. Amen. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. I don't know if you guys ever heard of John Piper. He's a pastor and author. And he puts it this way. He puts it in perspective for us, this, this particular passage. He states that one of the functions of the word of God when it comes into us is that it penetrates very deep, like a sword. A sword can go through tough, hard layers, and then it makes judgments about what's there. So it's not really telling you, I'm going to condemn you. That's not what the word is doing at this moment. What the word is doing is checking your heart. He wants to see what's in there. He explains that, that the word of God penetrates to the deepest place in our lives and assesses what's in there. Is it good or bad? Reading the Bible daily has a purpose. Like we said, it teaches us. It teaches us what's right and what's wrong. It corrects us when we're wrong. It trains us for battle. It's a weapon against the enemy. It shapes us to be a people pleasing to God. But the word of God also encourages us. It comforts us. It gives us strength. And it gives us hope. One of my favorite Psalms is Psalm 23. It says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. It's my favorite line in the entire Bible. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It's a comforting psalm. Even though I go, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Romans 14.4 teaches us to endure during trials. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. We have hope. When we read the word of the Lord, we gain hope. It also gives us discernment 
And this is a very important because there's so much false teaching out there. So this brings me to my other point. Just like there is junk food, there's also you know junk food that is really bad for us. There's also toxic and false teaching that is very dangerous for us. The Bible warns against false teachers. But unless you know the word, you wouldn't be able to discern what's of God and what's not. Again, you become what you eat. We must be very careful what we are feeding our souls. Be aware there are teachers and preachers that lead people into error. And this, is make, this may come as a surprise to you, but there are a lot of people in the church that believe that they are saved, and in reality, they are not. Just because you come to church doesn't mean you are saved. A lot of preachers are deceiving a lot of people. So we have to be careful. I'm going to read these verses. Matthew 7, 15 says, Beware of false prophets in sheep's clothing. This is Jesus talking. Matthew 7, 7 15. Philippians 3.2 says, watch out for those dogs, those people who do evil. Romans 16.17 says, watch out for those who cause division. 1 John 4.1 says, beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, for many false prophets have gone out into the world. This shouldn't come as a surprise to us. There's a lot of false prophets out in the world. 2 Timothy 4.3 says, For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. That's what's happening right now. People want to hear what tickles their ear. They rush to these mega churches where they're going to hear an encouragement word. But in that church, they don't talk about sin. They don't talk about the wrath of God. So they go on sinning without repenting because all they come to church is to hear something good, to make them feel good. Colossians 2.8 says, See to it that no one takes you captive. This is, this is, this is really important. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. See to it. Make sure that what you're listening to, who you're listening to, is of God. Matthew 24 says, and Jesus answered them, see that no one leads you astray, for many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ, and they will lead many astray. Be aware, be alert, study and meditate on the word so that you are not led astray. Be careful who you listen to. There's a lot of people that have so much charisma. And you're like, oh, he's good. And you have him on your podcast. You go on YouTube searching for them, right? Be careful. Now, there's another way to eat spiritual junk food. 
And this is, I'm, I'm urging you, church, don't get your daily bread from social media. Just because you're scrolling down and you read a Bible verse that someone else posted, that doesn't mean that you're reading the Bible, okay? It's awesome. I post scriptures all the time because I want to bless someone. If I read a scripture that blesses me, I'm going to share it. But if you resort only to this, what are you doing? What are you doing when you're only snacking during the day? You're depriving yourself of nutrition, right? You're starving yourself. You're only taking in small quantities of calories and nutrients, and this is not healthy. Facebook, Instagram is not the Bible. Sadly, we have a lot of anorexic people in the church. We come on Sundays, we hear what the pastor says, we hear him, we hear him reading scripture to us, then we put it up on the screen. That's the only time we read it for ourselves. When we go home, we don't open up our Bibles. Right? Now you may be thinking, I really don't have time to sit down and study. I got way too much on my plate. My plate is full, too busy. I believe you. It's true. We're busy. We're busy with a lot of stuff. But is everything on your plate necessary? We got to ask ourselves an honest question. How many hours a week do we spend watching Netflix, Hulu? Well, we deleted Hulu. We don't watch it anymore. And Netflix. Disney Plus. Now that one, I'm like all over <laughs> watching all the Marvel movies. Where's George? <laughs> Want to make him proud. I'm watching all the Marvel movies. <laughs> you know how many hours do we spend? If you think about it, if you add it up, you know your phone, if you have an iPhone, it tells you how, many, how much time you spend on social media, right? So on a weekly basis, I see somebody smiling back there. <laughs> how many hours a week do we spend mindlessly scrolling through Facebook and Instagram? So we cannot say in all honesty that we don't have time to spend with the most important person in our lives. And if we truly, if we truly don't have time, then there's something wrong. Something is not right. If you don't have time for God, something is not right. We are dedicating most of our time to the things of this world, and we are neglecting our relationship with the only one who offers us salvation. Something needs to change. That hit me hard, personally, because I do spend a lot of time watching shows. We have our favorite shows that we watch on TV, three of them. It's like three hours on Wednesdays. You know which one it is. <laughs> I make sure I put my timer so I can go watch it. But if we spend two to three hours a day watching TV and on social media, and we spend less than 10 minutes a day reading the Bible, which one will have the biggest influence in our lives? 
We complain, God doesn't speak to me. I don't hear him. I don't feel him. But we refuse to spend more than 10 minutes with him. There's a quote I've heard a few times, and it makes me laugh. It goes, if you want to hear God's voice, read the Bible. If you want to hear God's voice audibly, read the Bible out loud. Right? We're always waiting for the next preacher. Oh, he's coming this Sunday. Oh, God has a word for me. I'm there. We don't need to wait until Sunday to see if God is going to speak to you. Don't wait to hear the word from God from another person. He already gave it to us. It's right here. Nobody else needs to tell you, God told me this for your life. Most of the time, it's like a general thing that is like for everyone. Some people, oh, I have a word from you, for you. God spoke to me. Really. He didn't speak to me. I mean... How is he talking to you, but he's not talking to me, right? Be careful. Be careful when people tell you that. We already have his word. There's no need for that. You know, we have time to binge on our favorite shows, on Netflix. We spend hours upon hours upon hours in front of the TV. And then we have the audacity to pray, Lord, I feel like you've abandoned me. I feel so distant from you, Lord. I feel like you don't love me. I see you blessing so-and-so. And look, they have a new car. They bought a new home. They got a new job. And I'm over here, Lord. And where are you? Something that my husband says in a sarcastic way. No me digas. <laughs> you don't say. You feel distant from me, really? I wonder why. Church, something needs to change. Romans 12, 1-2 says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Right? The only way to renew our minds is by meditating on his word daily. If we fill our minds with the things of this world, we will fail, we will fall, and we won't make it. We must fill our minds with the things of God. And I don't want you to miss out on what the Lord is offering you through his word. Don't miss out on his promises because you don't know them. Connect with his truth. Scripture is nourishment for our souls and it sustains us for the future. Not only does it feed our souls, Right now, it keeps us full for the future. The word of God brings comfort for the present and also prepares us for what's to come. It's your greatest source 
of wisdom and knowledge. Don't go out looking for wisdom and knowledge in other places. You won't find it. Now, how do we study the Bible? You know, I want to give you some tips on how to study the Bible, right? And I want you to write them down. Just like when we start going to the gym on New Year's, right? New Year's resolution. We got to make a habit of it. We got to go. <laughs> Otherwise, we won't lose weight. And I'm telling that to myself because I need to go. <laughs> make a habit of reading your Bible daily. There's plenty of great resources to help you study. Okay? And because we are bombarded with distractions all day long, I recommend making a plan of study. Don't just, don't just go in there and start reading from Genesis. You'll get lost in Deuteronomy and Numbers. You don't know how many times I've read Genesis 1-1. <laughs> I've read it like a million times. And then by chapter 36, I'm like, oh gosh, I can't do it anymore. Make a plan, right? You find practical ways that work for you. Not every plan works for everyone. Make a plan and stick to it. So first, you're going to pick a time of the day what works best for you. In the morning, at nighttime, during lunchtime, right? Um, if you make the reading plan printed so you have it with you and you know where you left off, Right? You can find that we ha um, I have my Bible app. I, I love using that. There's a lot of um, um, devotionals there um, and studies. It's really good. But if the phone is too distracting, then they'll have it on you when you're studying. You're always going to fall trapped to the, oh, let me just check this right now. I was telling Elena that I can't see the little bubble on my phone. I have to get rid of it. It gives me anxiety. You know, so I just like, oh, let me put my phone. I have to get <laughs> You know, and I don't read it. I just go in there and click it so that it goes away, right? So if it's, the phone is too distracting to you, I recommend that you leave it in another room, right? Um, you can choose one book of the Bible a month to read through. You can read through the Bible chronologically. I think that's the, the better way to study scripture, not just go from book to book, but go um, in a chronological way. Be organized and keep your space clean, clean. If I see my kitchen is a mess, I can't sit down and read the word. It's just too distracting to me, right? Um, pick a spot in your house, either your bedroom, the living room, the dining room, your prayer room, or go to a coffee shop if the, whole, if the house is too distracting to you. Go to a coffee shop, but always read in the same spot. Always read in the same spot because that way you're not going to be distracted by other things. Start small. I'm, I'm the type of person that wants to get things done right away, so, you know, I'm always like trying to read the whole Bible in one night and it doesn't work, <laughs> you know? So by starting small, you're developing a habit, you know? You're not overdoing it. And that's what happens when we start going to the gym on January 1st. 
we want to go in there and be on the treadmill for 45 minutes then we go and we lift 50 pounds when we haven't lifted five pounds in a year what happens the next day you're so sore that you don't go back <laughs> and that's it that even the second and the third day is the worst <laughs> that's when it hurts the most um, be consistent so you can get the routine down and this is really good get yourself an accountability partner I'm available if you need me I love reading and I love pushing people and I will keep you accountable so if you one of those people that need to be kept accountable and you don't mind people texting you telling you mm, what's up what you doing I'm, I'm the girl for that you know get yourself an accountability partner to read with now there are some of us that are um, on the road a lot due to work I know Jamar is always driving everywhere I know Camacho is always driving everywhere so what do we do how am I how am I gonna read the Bible if I'm driving you know get yourself an audio Bible there's no excuse I'm not giving you guys any excuses. That's what I do. I, when I'm um, going to work in the morning, I drop the kids off, and as soon as I drop them off, I turn on um, the Bible audio, and it takes me about 20 minutes to get to work, and I have 20 minutes of God just pouring out his mercies and grace and promises on me. You can listen to the Bible while you're working out on the treadmill, I heard someone say, oh, I don't have time. And then later on, she said, I've been going to the gym. I'm like, oh, so you do have time. I didn't tell her that. I didn't want to send her. So you can listen to the Bible when you're on the treadmill. You know? Cut down on TV and social media. Do you really need it? Do we need to spend three hours binging? Read with your spouse. Read with your kids. Read with a friend. Journal the word. I love Elena's always writing down something, whatever. Don't write it down every word I say. No. <laughs> okay. Then you're going to quote me. <laughs> Monica said this. <laughs> pastors will come back and they'll be like mm, can I have a word with you <laughs> write down what you read and what you learned and how the spirit is ministering to you through a certain verse if a certain verse is ministering to you write it down and read it over and over again I find the way that I study is by writing things down I trust me I write everything down I write okay, breathe so I can breathe you know that's my way of learning it's by writing and finally apply what you've read to your life don't just read it to check off a box read it to change your life James says and I don't have that verse but it's in James you can read the whole book of James so you can find it just gave you an idea but he says that um, a man is like a mirror. 
No, no, the man looks at himself in the mirror and once he steps out of that, goes away, he forgets what he looks like. It's the same thing. This is, this is our mirror. The word of God is our mirror. We look into it. So if we just read it to read it and we close the Bible, we walk away, immediately we forget what it said. You become what you eat. What are we? We're scripture readers. We are the church, we are love, and we are scripture readers. Nothing else can bring satisfaction. Nothing else can quench our thirst like the word of God. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to the podcast of Restored Church. We hope that you've enjoyed this message and it has blessed you greatly. Be sure to subscribe to stay up to date with sermons that are updated regularly. God bless you.